In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy toward us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Welcome back, everybody, to our last conference. And this last conference, we're going to be talking about abandonment to divine providence. And this is another quality of Mary uh, that we can imitate, especially during this difficult time, is to surrender to God's providence. And the more we do that, the more graces we shall receive. And the more we accept it and trust it all, that God is in control of all things, and that he wills our be the best for us, the more God will manifest his goodness and his wisdom. This is very difficult, but God gives us the grace to understand that everything is under his providence. Providence means to foresee, to attend to, to provide. So divine providence means that God foresees everything and arranges things for our greatest good, even to the smallest details. We have to know that, that he, that he is in control, that he sees everything, and that nothing is by accident. Everything is within his providence. And if he has allowed it to happen, it's for our greatest good. Everything that God allows to happen, even sin committed by other people, he can bring good out of that as well. So during this difficult time when we most of us are suffering, we should understand that God has allowed this to bring about a greater good. St. Thomas Aquinas says, St. Thomas Aquinas says, um, as Augustine says, since God is the highest good, he would not allow any evil to exist in his works unless his omnipotence and goodness were such as to bring good even out of evil. So this is part of the infinite goodness of God, that he should allow evil to exist and out of it, out of it produce good. So um, this is... Um, and, you know, this is confidence or trust or faith, um, but... Um, to, to a higher level, right? This is like on steroids. It's like faith on steroids, if you will. And so we trust that everything is under God's providence and including the suffering um, and the evil and the challenges that we endure and knowing that they're given to us out of love for our greatest good. And, we're, and we'll, go, we'll go more into that. Um, so... Um, so this acceptance of divine providence, this is an, an active acceptance, not passive, but active. It's intentional. It's a courageous movement of our will to conform to God's will, right? We understand that, that this is, in a way, part of God's will, part of his permissive will. If you, and, and so we accept it. We conform our will to his will. We accept it. With, all, with our intellect, our understand, And we have to understand that our, our intellect and our understanding are limited, right? We have to understand that. Just This goes back to humility. We realize that as human beings, we are finite. And our understanding and our, our um, abilities are, are, are finite. So there are things that we don't know, we don't understand. And that's okay because we're human beings. 
you know, we, we can't be like God because if, if we were able to understand and, and, and explain everything, then we would be like God and we're not. God says in the Old Testament, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. So that's something that we have to understand that God is beyond us. His wisdom, his goodness, his providence, his um, everything is beyond our understanding. A lot of times children will ask us questions and we will try to explain things to them. But there are certain things that they just don't understand. They don't quite grasp. They're not there yet. And so oftentimes we'll just have to say, just trust me. Right, parents, you you do things that little your your children don't understand, but you do it for their greatest good. You know, for example, you make them eat vegetables; they don't understand why, but it's for their greatest good. And you know, sometimes vegetables vegetables don't taste very good, but it but it's nutritious and helps them to grow and give them energy and so on. Um, so, but but the, but the bigger is the distance between God and us, right? so much bigger than the distance between children and adults. And so we have to understand that there are so many things that are beyond our understanding and comprehension, and that but we trust in the Lord and His goodness. So Jesus have, has mentioned many times in, in scriptures that God is in control. He said, Are not two sparrows sold for a small coin? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's knowledge. Even all the hairs of your head are counted. So do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. So even the birds of the air, nothing happens to them without God knowing it and allowing it. And if he cares for the birds and the flowers and the grass, how much more would he not care for us, his children, made in his image and likeness? Right? So that's what Jesus is saying. Be not, do not be afraid. Don't worry. Everything will work out. Um, yeah, here, here's another passage. If God so clothes the grass of the field which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O you of little faith? So do not worry. What are we to, to eat and what are we to drink or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows you, that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you besides. So sometimes we worry too much. right? We focus. Um, we want to be in control. right? That's what I, no I notice. Many people just want to be in control. And during this pandemic, they are not in control. And they can't stand it. They're like a fish out of water. But we learn, but as Christians, as children of the Father, we need to let go of control. We need to surrender to His providence, right? We're not knowing that He is control and we are not. Um, and then here's the thing. God gives us the grace. Whatever challenges He gives us to endure, especially during this time, He gives us the grace. Here, St. Paul tells us, and to keep me from being too elated by abundance of revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I besought the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So we see St. Paul asking that this thorn, this pain, whatever it is that's harassing him, be removed. And three times the Lord say, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So now 
God gives us the grace. Whatever hardship that we're enduring because of this pandemic, whatever difficulties, God gives us the grace. And so we rely on that grace. Sometimes, you know, we are able to endure more than we can imagine. And God never gives us more than we can handle, right? We, and and we, we know this and we, we hear this from the, the scripture. My grace is efficient for, for my grace is sufficient for you. But we know also know as disciples of Christ, we're called to suffer. We're called to carry our cross. Jesus told us, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. Right? So as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we imitate the Lord. We 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 bear our crosses, we embrace our crosses, and we deny ourselves and we follow Jesus. That's being a true disciple. We can even rejoice in our suffering. St. Paul tells us, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church. Right. So not only does God give St. Paul the grace to bear the suffering, he gives him the grace to rejoice because he knows it's not a waste. He knows that his suffering is contributing to the good of the church. Now, suffering has value. It's not just meaningless or it's not pure evil. Because Christ has died and has suffered and rise again, grace takes on meaning. It has value. It can sanctify. So here are a couple of, of values for, uh, for suffering. One is, um, is expiation or atonement to make up for our sins. You know, we sin all the time. And so in a way, we have to make up for our sins. There, you know, there are two parts of, of um, the, the effects of sin. One is the guilt, and the other is really the, the damage, the restitution that, that, is, that, it's, that it causes. So when we go to confession, our guilt is taken away, but there's still the temporal punishment of sin, right? We, we still need to satisfy divine justice. And we usually satisfy that through suffering, through suffering, prayer, acts of charity, and if we haven't completely um, made up for it, then we make it up in purgatory. But uh, the saints tell us it's so much better to make it up in this life than in purgatory. So when we suffer, that's an opportunity for us to do our purgatory on earth, to make atonement for our sin, for the sins that we've caused the Lord. Um, And so that's one value. Another value of sin is that it purifies us. It makes us holy. It helps us to grow in virtue. It helps us to become like Christ. You know, suffering has the ability to do that. It purifies us. Just like gold is purified in fire, right? So if you know how gold is purified, it is heated heated up to a very high degree. And whatever impurities, the other types of metals, will float to the top. And those metals are skimmed off. And when the gold hardens, it becomes more pure, more valuable, more precious. So likewise with us. God turns up the heat to purify us so that we may become more pure, more hurt, more more holy, more perfect. And of course it's going to hurt. And of course it's hurt, but it, it, it's for our, our greatest good, right? I mean, the, the Lord even says, for those branches that bear fruit, my Father will prune so that they will bear more fruit, right? I used to have bonsais and I, you would have to prune 
prune it, prune it, and then it grows in a certain way. And, and those who are familiar with trees and agriculture, you know, you have to prune. And then if you prune, it'll bear more fruit. It'll grow more. So likewise with us. And the pruning is painful, can be painful. But then we grow from that. You know, a lot of times when after enduring hardship, we can look back and we can say, you know what, that made me stronger. That made me more patient. It gave me more faith, more strength, more endurance, right? So I'm more mature now. I can relate to the, the suffering more. I'm more human. I'm more compassionate. And so, um, so suffering is valuable if we, if we, if we embrace it and, and allow it to form us, to perfect us, to help us grow. And suffering also allows us to unite our suffering with Jesus, right? To unite our suffering with Jesus. And this is the third value of suffering is that it's redemptive, right? So we don't waste our suffering. We unite it with Jesus on the cross, with his suffering for the salvation of the world. So we've heard in the Bible, right? Certain types of demons can only be removed by prayer and fasting, Right, so fasting is a type of self self denial, self a type of suffering. So we, so we can um, accept our suffering and offer it up, offer it up for ourselves, for our loved ones. We all know loved ones who are far away from the church, and we pray for them, and that's great. But we can add strength to our prayer when we offer up our suffering. For, for their conversion, for, for, for their intention, for their salvation, right? So, so those are the three values of suffering. Atonement, purification, and redemption, right? And so let us not waste our suffering. The saints tell us that, right? In a way, they can't suffer anymore. Suffering is limited on to, to this life. So don't waste it. In the next life, we cannot suffer anymore. Not that it will merit us anything. It will just purify us and prepare us for heaven if we're in purgatory. But, but in, at this point, suffering can add value. It's meritorious. It's pleasing to God. It's efficacious. So we, we, so, so, you know, so it's a gift. Suffering is a gift, a gift to us to use it in a, in a way that's going to help us help, and help others and help the church and glorify God. And, and it's easy when, it's easier when we, you know, of course we, we, we want to avoid suffering, right? We don't go looking for suffering. And when we do suffer, we try to do what we can to eliminate the suffering, to ease the suffering. And, and, and that's fine. But then there are certain times when um, we can't do anymore. Uh, like right now, things are beyond our control. We can only do so much. And that's when we offer it up, uh, united to the Lord with patience, knowing that God will bring about a greater good. So um, um, here's, here's, another, here's another quote from from St. Paul. He says, We know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to His purpose. All things work for good for those who love God. Right? So all things, including suffering, challenges, um, um, uncertainty, all these things that can work for our good, God will bring about a greater good if we allow him to do so and to embrace the cross. That was the point that I, I was trying to make. A lot of times, you know, when we run away from the cross, when we deny it, when we refuse it, it's heavier. It becomes heavier and, and unbearable. 
But if we embrace it, right, if we just embrace it, accept it, welcome it, then it gets easier, it gets lighter. Um, you know, there's that movie, The Passion of the Christ. If you remember that movie or if you, you, you watch that movie, you know, Jesus embraced the cross. He embraced the cross. And one of the thieves was making fun of him, right? But that's what he did. He embraced his cross, and that's what he tells us to do. Embrace your cross. Take up your cross if you want to be my disciple. And, um, and Simon, uh, Simon of Serene did that when he helped Jesus. He embraced the cross as well. So it gets easier. It gets lighter. And in, this, in, in the end of the movie, Simon had a conversion because he embraced the cross and helped Christ carry his cross. So that's what makes it easier to embrace it rather than run away from it. Because we can't. And it only gets heavier. And we know that Our Lady suffered a lot, right? Mary suffered a lot through, through the passion of Jesus and everything. But, you know, we know about the seven sorrows of Mary, right? Um, you know, Simeon prophesied that her soul would be pierced by a sword. The flight into Egypt, the loss of the child Jesus in the temple, um, the meeting of Jesus and Mary on the way of the cross, the crucifixion, the taking down of the body, and the burial of, of Jesus. So Mary had suffered so much in her life, but her suffering was redemptive, right? It was efficacious. She participated in Christ's own suffering for the redemption of the world. And so, and, and she did it, and she's completely surrendered to divine providence. Right? She always said yes to the Lord, always her fiat, be it done to me according to thy will. And so we should take on the same disposition and attitude of our Blessed Mother, right? to accept whatever suffering and challenges that come our way. Mother Teresa, the saints know this, Mother Teresa says this about surrender. She says, total surrender to God must come in small details as it come in big details. It's nothing but that single word. Yes, I accept whatever you give, and I give whatever you take. And this is just a simple way for us to be holy. We must not create difficulties in our minds. To be holy doesn't mean to do extraordinary things, to understand big things, but it is a simple acceptance, because I have given myself to God, because I belong to Him, my total surrender. Right? Mother Teresa suffered tremendously. It was revealed after her death that she suffered this dark night of the soul for like 50 years. She experienced this abandonment from God, and yet she endured patiently with faith. Right? And then that, that purification uh, that night is not just for her, but for the world. Right? The more graces, the more suffering, the more graces. And so... Let, let us be like Mother Teresa. I belong to Jesus. I've given myself to Him. Whatever He allows to me, happen to me is fine. Whatever He wants to do with me is fine. Right? I belong to Him. I refuse nothing. Right? That's what the saints do. Even St. Saint, saint Therese of Lisieux said this, I understand that to become a saint, one has to suffer much, to seek out the most perfect things to do and forget self. There are many degrees of perfection, and each soul is free to respond to the promptings of our Lord, to do little or much for Him. Then I cried out, My God, I choose all. I don't want to be a saint by halves. I'm not afraid to suffer for you. I fear only one thing, to keep my own will. So take it, for I choose all that you will. Right, St. Therese, the little flower, the fragile nun from France, tells us, and she understands, she's a doctor of the church, 
Now, to be a saint, one has to suffer much. One has to choose from all the promptings that, that God uh, gives us, right? It's up to us to choose in a way He doesn't force us. He wants us to, to choose. We can refuse the cro these crosses or we can embrace them. And St. Therese says, I accept all. I accept everything that you give me because I don't want to be a, a saint by halves. I don't want to be a mediocre saint if, there, if there's such a thing, but I want to be the saint that you want me to be. So let us too remember, we, we accept, we ask for the grace to accept whatever challenges God gives us. Um, yeah, suffering, like I said, is necessary to grow. There's a story here of a boy who saw a caterpillar in, in a cocoon or a butterfly in a cocoon that, that's trying to break out of the cocoon. And he wants to help the, the butterfly. And so he, he cuts open the cocoon, but it's too early. Right, the the butterfly has to take time to grow, to um, to try to break out. That's how he gains his strength. Is is that through that adversity, that that trial, that test of of, of trying to break out of of the cocoon by itself? That's how it matures. That's how it gains strength. That's how it grows. But because the boy made it easy for the butterfly, it was weak. It wasn't fully developed, and so it died. And so like wise with God. We're like the butterfly He's and, and we're trying to break out of the cocoon. Use our strength, use these challenges to build up our muscles, our spiritual muscles and, and, and our, our virtues and so on. And, and, and so he wants us to get to heaven. And in order to get there, we have to, we have to work at it. Right? Remember Jesus said, choose the narrow road that is hard and difficult and not the wide open road. Everybody chooses the wide open road that leads to death and destruction. But you choose the narrow road, the one that is hard and difficult. That's the road to eternal life. Yeah. So there's no easy way. There's no easy way. Holiness, perfection is not easy. But God gives us the grace. He even gives us the grace to be joyful while doing that. So especially those who are closest to Jesus, he gives that gift of suffering even more. All the saints suffer tremendously, and those who are closest to him suffer even more. We're like Father Padre Pio, right? He had the stigmata, St. Francis of uh, Assisi, he had the stigmata, and so on. So many saints that are close to Jesus, and he loves them, he gives them a, a, a more radical share in his suffering, right? So... Just rejoice when we suffer, knowing that it's give, given to us out of love for our greatest good, that we can help participate in Christ's own suffering for the redemption of the world. Here's a prayer that I, I, I remind myself often, and we should all remind ourselves, especially um, during this time. It's the serenity prayer. The, the full serenity prayer goes like this. God Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Right, what a beautiful prayer. Just reminding us to change the things that we can and to accept the things that are beyond our control and the wisdom to know the difference. 
living one day at a time, accepting you know, you know one thing at a time, and, and knowing that God gives us the grace. A beautiful prayer, and try to live by that. It'll make life a lot easier. Yeah, sometimes we try to control things and change things that are beyond our control. And we waste so much time and energy and stress doing that. No, we have to know the difference. If there are things that are beyond our control, then we accept and we work with it. We make the best of it. Like I say, this is a moment of grace. This is a moment of grace. This pandemic is a moment of grace. God has allowed it to bring about more graces. But we need to know how to live during this time. Right? We need the right disposition, the right attitude, the right choices. So that's why we look to Mary. Right? Mary would not be fighting, would not, getting, would not be getting frustrated or impatient. No. Or, or protesting. No. She would accept. She would use this time optimally to gain more graces for herself and for the world. Um, Many of you have heard of St. Teresa of Avila's bookmark, right? And this helps me a lot. The bookmark says this. This is what they found in the saint's breviary, uh, her prayer book after she passed away. You know, the saint wrote this to herself because she too was tested very often. This is what she writes. Let nothing disturb you, nothing frighten you. All things are passing. God never changes. Patience overcomes all things. He who possesses God lacks nothing. God alone is sufficient. Right, so we know that this too shall pass, that this is temporary. We don't lose our hope, we don't lose our mind, we don't lose. <laughs> um, so we, we accept all that, that is happening, just knowing that it will pass and that God is with us, and that's all we need. So, um, so to continue, um, we Let's see. So, so just to kind of finish, to kind of finish off. So the, uh, during this uh, during this week, uh, this weekend, you've heard five conferences on uh, how we can imitate Mary during this difficult time to grow in holiness. Right. So, so Jesus says, "Behold your mother." Let us look to our mother and let us imitate the perfect mother, the perfect model, the perfect disciple, God's masterpiece, and let us learn from Mary, so that we we too may grow in grace. She is full of grace because of her perfect responses and dispositions, and we too can receive all the graces that God wants to give us individually by imitating Mary. First, with humility, right, and the second, with confidence in God. And third is love of God and neighbor, right? An opportunity to love God and neighbor. I know it's difficult being in the house with so many people and you're not used to it and you're getting on each other's nerves and so on. But this is a time to grow in patience, to grow in gentleness, to grow in forgiveness, to grow in charity, right? To grow in virtue and to grow in love, right? Sacrificing for the good of the other. And then union with Christ, right? uniting ourselves to the Lord in prayer, trying to be recollected and getting away from all the noise and distractions and digital devices, right? And then surrendering to divine providence, knowing that everything is is within God's providence, that he's with us, he loves us. And then this, these, this challenge, these challenging times are given to us as a gift and let us use it well. Let us be at peace. Let us accept God, um, God's, um, 
providence, knowing that all this can bring about greater good, more graces for us and for others. And so let us end by saying this prayer. It's a, it's a fullness of grace prayer that I compose. Um, and it goes like this. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We give you thanks and praise, Eternal Father, for all your goodness, especially for giving us Mary as our mother and model. Help us to imitate her qualities so as to grow in the fullness of grace. Lord Jesus Christ, be with us always, and help us to conform ourselves to you and be one with you at all times. Come, Holy Spirit, and kindle in us the fire of your love and transform us into your instruments of grace. O Mary, our Queen and Mother, help us to become more like you and fulfill our vocation perfectly according to God's holy will. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. All angels and saints, pray for us. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Thank you for attending this retreat and uh, give thanks to God and the sisters for giving me this opportunity to be with you. And um, just so you know, the sisters are not receiving any revenue during this time. So if you can uh, find in your generosity to help them out, they would greatly appreciate it. God bless you.